You are listening to V for Vertigo, episode 99. Something kind of vertigo going on here. I've been seeing fables in my dreams. I've been laying scalped out here for hours in this swamp in New Orleans. I've been reading spells from books, magic, trying just to help lay trails to you. Feeling like a loser, so, so tragic. Feeling like I'm left to preach at all the time spent moving all so slow It's something kind of vertigo Welcome, it's the beginning of another edition of V for Vertigo Where I'm in the air, everywhere, streaming on the vast worldwide web And this podcast is one man's journey into the world of all things Vertigo Comics Because everything else is just picture books I'm your host, Mark uh, Judson, <laughs> and this week's spoiler fill review will cover Hellblazer, Dangerous Habits, by Garth Ennis and William Simpson. And hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 99. One more to the big triple and then the show ends. Unless it doesn't. It'll probably end in a year, though. Give or take. I'm not entirely sure. So... Before we get started talking about the Excelente, still a classic, we're talking about classic Hellblazer Dangerous Habits, I would like to talk about something, I'd like to get serious for a second. Probably the only time on the show I've ever been serious, except during uh, the Karen Berger interview. The other interviews, <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little less nervous by then. Um, so, I recently... As of last week, I released uh, my fantasy book, and I would really appreciate it if you, my fellow five listeners, would go out and buy it. It's only four ninety nine, and it's only an ebook form. Now you don't have to read it, but uh, it'd be nice if you did. And then let me know what you think. But you can get it through, you know, the Kindle, the Barnes and Noble's Nook, or Smashwords. It's all DRM free. And for Kindle and, you know, uh, Nanook, there's like apps for the PC, the Mac, all the smartphones, and then the devices, the e-readers themselves. But I would really appreciate your help, because this has been a, a long venture of mine, Longshot Publishing, which uh, more information can be found at longshotpublishing.com. And if you want to see the serious, quote-unquote, side of um, me, Mark Johnson, you can follow that blog. As opposed to the show, which is the goofy, making voices, sarcastic, cynical, rapping, singing, and dancing, which you can't see that part, Mark Johnson. So, yeah, uh, I would really appreciate your support. Just buy my book. Uh, don't have to like it. Just, or read it. Just buy it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I put a lot of work on this, and, you know, I think it's good. It's excellent. You can get in on the ground floor. You can be like, oh, man. I was reading Mike Johnson before, you know, he blew up. I was listening to his podcast. I was one of his original five listeners back when he did a podcast. And then he faded into the ether because he was so busy. And then they booked him on like Oprah and um, other shows, the late night shows. I don't even care about anymore because Conan's on TBS, a channel I don't have. And Leno sucks now. And... Jimmy Fallon is, eh, 
He's uh, he's not funny. I do occasionally like him though. I like well, I like that he grew up with the same shit I grew up. So I, I understand all his references, whether it's Saved by the Bell or some Nintendo game or. You know, anyways, anyways, so yeah, LongshotPublishing.com or uh, any of those fine retailers, and uh, yeah, I appreciate it. So thank you, everybody. That is all. Thanks for listening. So. Back on uh, a more serious, or the opposite of serious note. Last night, or the other night, whatever, this past weekend, uh, my friend and I were hanging out, discussing business, and having really good, excellent, but spicy, yet expensive Indian food. And we ran across this little gaming store. There's one of those gaming stores that sell board games and demo them up in the city. That's San Francisco to you folks. And it, it was going out of business... But they had a game that was really interesting, and it was Munchkin Quest. Now, I've played Munchkin before, but Munchkin Quest is the board game version. And I, I wasn't a big fan. I, well, I I enjoy Munchkin. It's okay. But it's, uh, I don't know. It's It could, it feels like it could be more. It, Munchkin... The card game feels more like Dragon Age 2, where they took out a lot of the RPG elements because it's just a card game. Now, Munchkin Board Quest, or wait, Munchkin Quest, the board game, feels like Dragon Age Origins, where it has um, a far better like RPG feeling. So, my friend and I played, and as you do when you've never played a game before, you play the rules completely wrong. But I, I bought it because uh, well, there, there was a sale, but the sale was the sale was jank. It was buy two and get the third at fifty percent off. It should have been like buy one get the other one at fifty percent off. Man, because board games they're fucking expensive. Like you can go to Toys R Us or Target and get Monopoly or Risk, like the the main games people know for ten bucks, right? Very basic version. Maybe like the Star Wars edition or whatever, eh, 15, 20 bucks. But these geeky board games, they're 50, 60 dollars. And the Munchkin one was 50 dollars, but it was open. I kind of wanted the Shadows over Camelot too, but that was 60 flat. Okay, this one was open and it was the demo version and it was half off. So I was like, cool, I picked it up. So my friend and I played, and I have a little more experience because I've played regular Munchkin more, but. It's cool. You, I still gotta reread the rule books. I wish the rules, or there was a, there should be a fact. Like all rule books should come with facts. Like you figure when they design them or they test them, they don't just get gamers or people that played, say, the game like the Munchkin before. They should just get regular people who, and then see what they ask. Or and they should get actually all the three types of people. But I had so many questions and. The website didn't help because it's not really a fact. And according to other people, they're just as confused as I am. But they're one game and actually being awake to study the rulebook and going on forums, I think I get it. But well, this is what makes it cool. So you play a munchkin. You have you, everything's on a board that you set up and you construct as you move along uh, room by room. And the monsters have little stands. And uh, this is what makes it cool, I think. 
So the monster rule is new to me. As in the regular monster uh, Munchkin game, if you if you run into a monster, say your your first turn you run into like a level fifteen monster, and it it'll say something like ignore level two or less. Okay, and then it gets discarded. But here, if it, you get that, the monster stays in play and it moves around, so you can have a board with all these monsters, and it and it feels it feels RPGish because you're moving around on a board, a dungeon. You're searching it, you're looting it, you're fighting monsters, and to get up to level 10, and this is the part we forgot. And then you gotta move back to the beginning and then fight a boss monster. So, that, that's, and then, oh, and you can die. Like, in regular Munchkin, say, you're level 1, and you lose to a level 1 creature because your friend fucked you over, and the bad stuff, nothing happens. Like, you can't go down a level, you have no armor, whatever. You'll still take a hit here, uh, so that that's cool. And then you could die. I think you could die in the other one, but I really like it. Yeah, if you're into gaming, you should give it a shot. I would say it's worth the fifty dollars retail. It's gonna take a couple of tries, and it's gonna be really long. And it's also, I think it's also a great two-player game. Yeah, I think it's a good it's a good good two-player game. Like, my friend and I enjoyed ourselves. I wouldn't mind playing it, because most games you need, like, three or four people to play, and to my friends are a bunch of flakers you need. And so it's really hard to get together, and they always gang up on me, which is fine. I don't care. That's why I'm good. Okay, so, well, yeah, Munchkin, go by. Well, if you had to choose between Catalyst, The Passage of Hellsfire, my book, I don't think I mentioned the name before, but that's what it is, Catalyst by Mark Johnson. Uh, the Passage of Hellsfire or Munchkin Quest you should get them both but if you had to choose you should buy my book because it's cheaper it's only five bucks and then save up your money for Munchkin Quest alright well there's no news for the week <laughs> enough promo- self promotion and talking about Munchkin Quest I suppose we should get right down do it and now it's time for the rundown so this week's review is the classic Hellblazer, Dangerous Habits by Garth Ennis and William Simpson. And this book, see, I I don't, I haven't bought the trades except for the first one before this. So I have no idea how the story goes. And I have, while I have a lot of Hellblazer trades, unfortunately, this was under the old system where if I, let me see, if I flip it, oh, there's no numbering. There's no numbering for a lot of them. With the exception of the first one, which is really weird, because it'll say, Collecting Hellblazer Original Sins 1 through 6. But then every other trade, you're like, okay. So you just pick up runs by guys. That's how I got this, because I love Garth Ennis. So I don't... The newer ones actually have numbers. So, Hellblazer... Oh, Hellblazer. Constantine. I don't think he's ever called Hellblazer. This is ironic. But Constantine uh, finds out he has lung cancer and is coughing up lungs. And he meets... Well, he he tries to get away uh, out of it. He tries... I think Ellie the demon he talks to. Gabriel the angel he talks to. But there's no, there's no escape. There's no magical cure. And he knows where he's going. He's going to hell. Out of all the shit he's done. So he even meets a guy in the hospital named Matt who also has uh, lung liver cancer. 
So he goes to he also goes to his friend in Ireland, O'Finnegan. O'Finnegan. I think that's his name. Well, he has liver cancer or something wrong with his liver because he drinks too much. Because you know he's Irish, and he's made a deal. He's made the the weirdest deal with the devil. He was able to make like the finest Guinness. To make the finest Guinness with some water in the sub basement of his place. Um, yeah, that's weird, right? But hey, the man loves his beer. So, the devil comes to reclaim his soul and Constantine's there. Oh, and it, it's made out of holy water. That's probably the big point. Constantine gets the devil to drink before the midnight where the devil can reclaim his soul. He gets the devil to drink and then he changes the beer back to holy water. Smashes the devil's face with a bottle and pushes him in the pool of holy water. Now, why that won't kill him... And it just makes him extremely pissed for when he goes and reaps his soul. So after that, Constantine still try saying his goodbyes and visiting Matt and trying to figure things out. And he knows he's gonna be royally fucked in the arse. In the arse. How do uh, people across the pond say that? That arse, arse sounds really weird. So he, but then he comes up with an idea. This is where things get a little weird and interesting. So he makes a deal with these demons type devils, which are will be known as the Lost Brothers. And apparently there's three of them, and one of them is the Lucifer, or the devil. And these two he makes deals with to get his soul. So he, after he makes the deals, and they of course neither of them know about it. He slits his wrist, and of course the devil appears, and then these two appear. Now, they can't, they're all equally strong. They, they can't fight each other. They're, they all want uh, Constantine's soul, of course, because, you know, he's fucked them over. And he's made deals with them, two of them. So, they can't fight, otherwise, if they fight, hell will be destroyed and the angels will win. That means slavery for all of us. There'll be peace on earth, but it'll be a quiet peace. Uh, and then, in the end, he gets them, or he gets the devil to heal his, heal his lungs. And they're going to keep him alive. And, of course, he flick, flips off the devil. And then, yeah. And then he visits his buddy, Matt, who then promptly, well, he gets a binge. And then he visits his buddy, Matt, in the hospital. And then he dies. Around, with some woman around his arm. The end. So I'm unsure. Despite Hellblazer's long run, I'm unsure if the series would be considered a classic. It probably is, just for its long longevity, longevity, long for its very long run, and the fact that it's in quote unquote real time. But. Dangerous Habits is a, a classic, like I said before, and Constantine, the character, is. Now, what I like most about Dangerous Habits and what it reminds me of, it reminds me a lot of the life and death of Captain Marvel. Or is it Marvel? Marvel. Marvel. Well, the, the Marvel one. The one in the Marvel Universe. Marvel? Marvel. 
Marvel. Well, one of those, one of those, whatever. Okay. Because uh, in there, Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel, right? Captain Marvel. Hmm. I don't remember. So, because <laughs> Captain Marvel is dying. He dies from cancer. Now, Captain Marvel, he's still dead, I believe. I think he came back, but it was a scroll. That was actually a scroll in Secret Invasion. Spoiler alert. So, Constantine doesn't die here. But it is it is fascinating to read cancer in comics. Because uh, it was also said, well, it was said in the life and death of Captain Marvel that I think either Mr. Fantastic or maybe Iron Man said it or someone. They said they could do all these things, you know, magic and science and all these technological wonders like the Iron Man armor and the Fantastic Four car and whatever magic strings can work. Yet they can't cure cancer. I mean, they... See, Constantine was looking for a, a cheap way to either get out of hell or to live, but... They in the life and death of Captain Marvel, which is also a classic, they were looking for a cure for cancer. Now, yeah. uh, what 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 amazes me is this was written in ninety three ish, right? Now it's very dangerous habits is very different from Garth Ennis's normal work. Yeah, maybe it was his his earliest work. I I'm sure he worked on it. Or, well, I don't know. I'm a, I don't know. I'm too lazy. I can't go and get my true faith or look up the wiki. But it was his first. I think it was his first big work. Uh, anyways, who knows? Garth. Now I heard you got your uh, U.S. citizenship. If you would like to be interviewed, uh, give me a call. Leave me an email. So what? What I mean by how different this is? I'm not talking about like all the violence and cussing and whatever it's just there was a lot of monologuing and then that's that's like the one thing i haven't seen from Ennis, whether it's preacher or the boys goddess true true faith even war stories um crossed like there's there's one thing you don't get from him is constant monologuing but so that i was that was a little out of place to read that but um Oh, and all those things I named, they usually have a strong or, you know, somewhat entertaining or interesting supporting cast of characters. But in here, despite him visiting his friend in Ireland or seeing the angel or a demon or whomever, um, it's just Constantine for most of the book. Now, I, uh, I really did enjoy the part where Constantine screwed over the devil with beer. Granted, well, see, I I normally hate those deal with the devil stories because the devil gets fooled in like the most asinine way. But this one was inventive and entertaining, and I think if I had read it in '93, I would it would have blew my mind away even more. But he drank holy water beer. That's cool beans, cool beans. Now, one thing I think Ennis does do is that he he succeeds. And making me care about Constantine. Now the reason I don't. Despite the like 15 trades I have on my shelf. The reason I don't uh, read Constantine regularly. Regularly. Uh, I can't pronounce shit today. Is that Constantine's very unsympathetic. He's a dick. 
he constantly screws over his own friends. I mean, he does do the right thing, but someone gets screwed. And it's not necessarily, say, the bad guy. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he gets he gets in all that trouble with demons and magic. And you're like, oh, okay, you know he's going to come out on top. And you know someone's going to be fucked. But uh, cancer is more basis in reality. Especially after all the mystical things he's been through. Now, the, the one thing that kind of bothered me or made me unsure was the three Lost Brothers things. Now, I've only ever heard of Lucifer. He's the head honcho. Like, uh, Reddins, who are the others? They're pretty bad demons. I'm sure there were things before Yahweh said, let there be light, but I don't know. I mean, I know it gets explained in the next Hellblazer Innis or the next two, but at first it was intriguing. I don't, mm, I don't like the direction they went with it without without spoiling it. I don't like the direction they did because they do kind of explain it, and even the Vertigo Encyclopedia explains it. And it's like, oh, trying to pigeonhole that, huh? Trying to make it fit, like those uh, Golden Age stories. Trying to make it fit. Earth two, you were watching Earth one all along. Oh, look at that. So, but yeah, I'll cover that. Now, uh, another, the last thing I, I did like was the fact that if hell lost, you know, it would kind of throw off the balance because the angels would win. And while it would be a paradise on earth and there'd be peace, we'd all be slaves and whatnot under the oppression of heaven. And now that's never explored as much, but I do like that point of view. And I really think Enos just put it in there to... Give a big fuck you to religion. Because out of all the things I've read, he generally gives a big fuck you to religion. Is that how he sounds? Hello, laddie. I don't know. He's Irish too. <laughs> so, while I loved, loved this trade and will not sell it, unlike the comics I'm selling uh, currently, you can go check that out at thecomicforums.com. I didn't, I hated, I hated, I didn't hate the art. I didn't like it. It it was just too muddled. It wasn't as bad as Scalped, although you got got you got to work really hard to be as bad as Scalped. I could tell what was going on, but the coloring and the art didn't make it easier, and it looked uh, everything was mushy. It was like mushy, which worked when demons were there or people were angry because the art, the mushy art, the weird. I don't even, there's just like an art term for it, I'm sure, but I don't know what it is. Like, that amplified those things, but when it was Constantine talking to Matt or smoking a cigarette or puking up his lungs, it didn't seem weird, or even walking down the street. And so, well, I find it kind of ironic because it was, this was made in the early 90s, and you know, everyone bought books because of art. I don't, I'm pretty sure Garth Ennis was a no one, so they didn't buy it for him. And the 90s was all about the art. Although I think all those art guys worked for Marvel, so... Yeah, I wonder when DC got art guys. When Image was formed, maybe? When was Image formed? 95? Soon. Let me, take my, let me take my hot tub time machine. Nah, just getting DeLorean. So on the Mark Critic score, I'm giving Hellblazer, Dangerous Habits, a 4 out of 5. I would give it a 5 if the art was better but it's not so 
As always, thanks for listening, everyone. I appreciate some feedback on iTunes. And you can also support the show by buying my DRM-free ebook, Catalyst, The Passage of Hellsfire, through Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and or Smashwords. Now, here's the thing. There's not going there's probably there's not going to be a show next week for sure. Um probably not the week after that. If, so probably you won't get a show for 3 weeks. Uh next week's WonderCon. And I don't have any Bay Area listeners, so whatever. Um maybe I'll get maybe I'll get some more interviews though while I'm there and some more comics cuz I have none to read. But I have to put together and edit a super long episode 100, which I hope you do all like it. Man, it's really long. It's at least, hmm, it's at probably at least a two and a half hour show. Don't worry, don't worry. It's not just me for two and a half hours. That would fucking drive me insane. So I have to edit that shit, and I need to uh, go promote my book. I need a break. I need to finish Dragon Age 2. The, the like but not love not hooked me in Dragon Age 2. And I do want to play Munchkin too. I got all these things I want to do, and none of them involve this show. <laughs> just, just kidding I love you all I love you more if you buy my book now if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions you can email me at vertigocast at gmail.com if you would like to buy my affordable comics you've heard on this show or some cheap movies that I need to get rid of uh, go to thecomicforums.com to see what's coming up well, see what's coming up in later episodes visit the website at vforvertigo.pop viververtigo.blogspot.com I'm also part of the Comics Podcast Network you can go to comicspodcast.com you can follow me on Twitter twitter.com slash hellsfire and remember you can't lose what you don't put in the middle but you can't win much either <laughs>